Hi there. Welcome to the While You Wait podcast, where it's all about helping women just like you learn about the bladder while you're waiting for your appointment with that specialist. Each week, I'll combine science, medicine, and common sense so you can learn, become empowered, and get started on your journey to dryness. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Boyles, a board-certified urogynecologist. Let's get started. Hi there. I'm here today with Jessica Luban, who is the CEO of Onder, an incontinence underwear company, as well as a very busy practicing urologist. So can you just introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about yourself? So I'm Jessica Luban. And just like you said, I'm a practicing urologist and I started Onder. Basically, the premise of Onder kind of came out of life experiences and seeing patients every day that are suffering from incontinence. It's amazing how much the bother that if someone experiences does not correlate to how severe their their problem is. And so what struck me is this bother was so intense that people would be willing to take medications, do surgery for even very seemingly minor leakage that it seemed like there needs to be a better solution to it. And like, what is that bother of incontinence? It's not so much that you're leaking, but it's the stigma that you might smell the urine, that you're feeling old. And so, you know, as female physicians in this space, you realize like how common it is. And if everyone were able to sit in your seat, they'd realize that they're one, they're not alone. And it is is not as big of a deal as they may perceive it to be if they realize that they were really in good company. And so I like part of the start of this company was, you know, having experienced infertility. Initially, there's so much shame involved and you don't want to talk about it because you don't want anyone to know that you're going through it. But once you start speaking about it and talking about it and you realize everybody else is going through the same thing, it makes it that much easier to go through it. And so I feel like this company and having the product out there where somewhat you can laugh about it and talk about it, feel like you have a community of people that are just like you and they're still active and high powered and they can still do all these things without having something like this slow them down. And so this has always sort of been in the back of my mind, but what really hit it home was I had a family member who was actually actually had a prostatectomy. And from a physician standpoint, you know, he had a great result. He was cancer free. Um, and for all intensive pur- purposes, he had functional recovery, um, not wearing pads and so in our world, that would, that's a great result. But um, he had confided in me that this was the only thing in his life that has actually ever made him depressed. And so it was, again, that like that little bit of leakage, even not requiring pads is enough to cause such psychological harm. And the same thing when I had kids, you know, you deliver and then you're, you, you have all this fluid coming out of you and you know, after postpartum. And um, so I had told my husband to get me the, you know, thickest, heaviest pads he can find for all that stuff coming out. And he, he came back, he thought he was brilliant. He came back with Depends. 
And like when you're postpartum and you see depends, you're just, I mean, it is, you're already emotional and you're just like, oh my God, I'm never going to be normal again. Start crying. Like, you're right. I need depends for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so, I mean, that was very dramatic, but it was this thing that seemed like a, a solvable problem. I was trying to be eco-friendly with my kids. I was trying to cloth diaper them. And it seemed like there was just all this technology out there. Like, why can't you just make it look good? And so you can wear something that you're not embarrassed by. And I think like getting past that would, would help kind of start to erode the stigma of being incontinent. And so, so I love yeah. everything about what you just said. I mean, I love the fact that you had this idea and then you made it happen, right? Because I think so many mm -hmm. of us have ideas about how we can help patients or other women, but then never get to the do stage, right? It, yeah. it always stays mm -hmm. in the let's think about it stage. Yeah. But I think the stigma around incontinence and the shame and our desire to not talk about it is just so so strong, right? Yeah. I mean, even for me, I like to talk about it um, with respect to, you know, my patients or other women, but not necessarily with respect to me. So your yeah. goal was really to create an incontinence underwear company for, you know, kind of the cool kids, right? I mean, yeah, attractive yeah, exactly. and active people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really your target audience. Exactly. So something that is not demeaning, dehumanizing, um, something that you, you know, like you, underwear you'd want to wear anyway, happens to also solve another issue. You know, I, I love the way the conversation around periods have changed. You know, back in the day, it was really embarrassing. You didn't want to have, you know, even a, you're, you're terrified of any leaks. And then now it's okay to say you're on your period and talk about it. And I feel like there's been so much progress made just because people talk about it now that the same needs to happen in incontinence yeah. just because it's so common. It's so common. And I, I agree with you. I think it is really isolating. I mean, it's amazing how many women feel like they're the only person that leaks. Yeah. And right. they won't go out, you know, yeah. they won't go to dinner. They won't leave their house because it's so embarrassing. Yeah. And, and we really see that through all age ranges. And I, I think that's, you know, important, particularly important for younger women, right? Who feel like this is kind of an old lady syndrome and it is, exactly. it definitely is not. So you wanted your incontinence underwear to be attractive and, you know, good fitting. Were there any other factors that you were careful about in creating it? Definitely. I mean, part of there's some of medicine that is definitely we try to be as evidence based as possible, obviously. Yes. But um, there's always there's some things that are, are not well supported by data. <laughs> and so as physicians, it's hard to always you, you want to it's hard to to be true to yourself versus the anecdotal stuff that you see, you know, for instance, they always say if you have issues with urinary tract infections, one of the common things people say is, you know, you should wear cotton panties that are breathable. And so, but, you know, there's no actual evidence that support a lot of these things that we do and recommend or have 
historically right. been recommended, right? But there is some anecdotal things that are like, they feel better when things are more breathable. So are, um, and so for me, things that were important were, you know, things that touched you were natural fiber, um, because, it's, you know, polyester can cause skin reactions and things can, so to make it as hypoallergenic as possible. So that's why the lining is, um, is made out of the modal combination blend. And so super soft and comfortable. Um, the other thing is I wanted a lot of these anti-odor, anti-odor treatments for the underwear are, are antibiotic based. Um, and so as, you know, as we are obsessed in medicine about not overloading the world with antibiotics. So I was trying to find fabrics that were naturally antimicrobial. And that's why it's the algae based ones. So there's no, you know, it's odor free without any additional chemical treatments. Um, and at the time, a long time ago, um, there was an article that um, I think that initially prompted the thinks issues um, where they were checking for PFAS in, uh, where someone had investigated and found PFAS in thinks. And so I definitely did not want to contribute to that. And for me, like minimizing chemical treatments to the underwear and anywhere where additional chemicals could be introduced, try to avoid that as much as possible. Um, I also had my underwear tested for PFAS, you know, but there's over 900 chemicals you can test for in the department. So it's not super easy to do, but um, one of the things you can do is see if there's any fluorinated compounds in there and it serves sort of as a proxy for other PFAS chemicals. And so I tested for fluorinated compounds and chlorine and just to make sure, even though it wasn't in the design that it didn't get introduced in any of the very, because every layer of the underwear is by another vendor. And so, you know, some of it is based on trust that they're not introducing anything to the product when they're giving it to you. And so I had my underwear just taken apart and different segments of it tested just to make sure that, you know, I felt like I did my due diligence and checking for the things that I knew to check for because so, you're not always, you're not always, you know, you're kind of beholden to your factories as well, that they will honor your design and the fabrics that you picked. How common is that to do that additional testing? Um, I'm not sure how common it is, honestly, because, you know, it wasn't, I, you know, I don't think, cause it costs a lot of money yeah. to do it. So I don't really know how common it is, but you know, they've tested things like any, any waterproof wear and you can detect it and basically any like raincoats and t-shirts and anything high perf you know, performance related and functioning. There's a risk of that being in the, in the clothing. I, I do feel that this is one of those areas where PFAS um, gets a really bad rap. And I think it is important to reduce the environmental exposure to PFAS. But I, but the actual amount of PFAS, I think, that are in the underwear is, is probably as you wear them, especially like the period underwears, you know, the more you wash it, 
the more you lose the treatments of it. So I think um, over time, your actual exposure to it is low. I think the real risk of the PFAS is it's getting into our waterways. You know, you're, if, you're, if you're washing your underwear and it has these chemicals in it or your clothing or anything else, they are forever chemicals and they get into our drinking water. And then the person who doesn't wear period underwear is actually drinking it. So I think it's exposing everybody, not just, not just the person wearing it. And actual risk, I think, to the person wearing it is actually probably quite low. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, from what I've read, the CDC agrees with that, right? Where they say the health impact of the PFAS and period underwear and incontinence underwear is uncertain at this point in time. Although these, you know, forever chemicals are definitely, you know, of concern to us in our environment without a doubt. And it's everywhere. It's in your to-go boxes and everything. And so I think they need to do more about rather than concentrating on the product line, concentrating on the companies that make these chemicals and not allowing them to be introduced into the supply chain at all, rather than the endpoint where companies may not even be aware that it, it's, some, it's introduced somewhere along their supply chain. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you did more than your due diligence, right? To make sure that your product was as pure as possible. And and it is interesting to think about all of those chemicals being introduced without your even being aware of it. Yeah, definitely. I also feel like it's one of those other, as a woman, I, I, I sort of resent um, the attention to this particular thing. Like, you can't wear tampons anymore because there's chlorine. That you can't wear underwear anymore. You know, I feel like they just want us to bleed out, bleed down our legs, and they're not going to be happy unless we're, at, you know, we have nothing left to hold it in. I just feel, I just wish that um, the attack on period care and women care, you know, I think it is important to make everything safe. But I wish that, you know, something like this doesn't prevent somebody from wearing something that could be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. When, um, when there are so many exposures elsewhere, that I feel like have a higher, yeah, that are greater, that are greater, you know, your nonstick pans and (laughs) <laughs> yeah, things no, like all that. of nobody, those things. Yeah, all those I definitely things that agree. nobody ever worries about or there's not enough attention to. It, it's hard to put it all in context, right? The risk from yeah. this is, you know, this amount, but, you know, look at all of the other things that you're doing where yeah. you're probably incurring more risk. But as a company, you know, we want to minimize, minimize our footprint, like minimize our contribution to things that we know could be harmful to the environment. And so, you know, as a, as a physician, you, you know, it was, it was not something I heavily advertised just because, you know, I don't, didn't know how important, how significant that would be for, for, you know, the average person. But for me to being honest, to put something that you're proud of, you don't want to contribute to additional problems that could be occurring. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone is interested in buying incontinence underwear, do you have certain recommendations for them about different things that they should be looking for in a product? 
I think there's um, there's there's a lot of there's a difference between the period ones and the incontinence underwear. So um, you know, urine is a lot more, or periods or period blood is a lot more viscous, and so those underwear tend to not hold fluid well enough. So if you're le- if you have anything more than a really really minor leakage, period underwears won't hold things back. So the other thing is any, any, you can make the underwear hold a lot, but it'll still continue to leak around the sides. If there's no, if it's not waterproofed itself, like if there's no mechanism by, um, by sealing the fluid in. And so a lot of these now incontinence underwears that you can buy on Amazon and things they're all stitched. So anywhere there are holes um, and sewn, you, I am, I, those are areas of where there's going to be failure of, you know, of the underwear. So like the construction of the underwear and how it's put together, I think is, is really important. But, you know, sewing is a lot cheaper than actually the way, you know, than the w- sealing everything off. And so those are a lot more available so or cheaper. <laughs> when you say sealing, what do you mean? I, I didn't realize that at all. So yeah, so you can essentially glue, you essentially glue it together okay. rather than, so you're, so like the underwear is glued and sealed together rather than stitched together. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, but I never, <laughs> I never thought about that at all. I mean, of course it would leak where there are um, sewing marks, yeah. right? Where there's yeah. little holes mm-hmm. over time. Um, and the other thing is, you know, like period underwear, they, they tend to, the pads tend to shift more midline because that's where, you know, gravity catches things, but your urethra is a little more anterior. And so if the pad is not long enough and wide enough in the front, then you're it's going to miss the urethra. And then when you're upright, it actually you you actually pee down, so it has to be long enough so there's enough runoff. So I think a lot, <laughs> I think a lot of them don't have the right coverage area. So then this may be a little bit too technical, but mm-hmm. is fit a hard thing to achieve for different yeah. body it, it is. and sizes? Definitely, definitely. Because you want you want the legs tight enough so that it, it kind of seals on your leg. But if it's so tight it's uncomfortable. But everyone is has different body shapes. And so that's what makes like getting the exact fit really challenging. So then I have two questions for you about that. (laughs) One, is there a particular style of incontinence underwear that you think is a little bit more forgiving, right? Like you're more likely to get the, the fit, right? I mean, I guess Um, I'm thinking our boy shorts just easier. I think that's why I have different styles, you know, like some people have wider, legs and so the bikinis because it kind of cuts wider fit better but like boy like in my line my boy short and my briefs actually have the same kind of leg area because there's more booty coverage so (laughs) and then I do think it varies on comfort you know some people like 
some people really like that high waist because it's more secure and it almost flattens. But you know, when you're pregnant and there's so much abdomen, yeah, I think the lower cut is easier because you can let that overhang. And so, you know, I think ha- I think having a variety of sizes just so that there you can kind of play with the different size openings, yeah, is is helpful. So then my next question about that is what's your return policy? Just in case someone uh, buys your underwear and doesn't get the yeah, the right fit. Yeah. Exactly. Actually I don't take returns. Yeah. Um, mostly because I think if someone you can never guarantee it hasn't been tried on. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's kind of gross. And and I think that's common, right? I don't yeah. think I don't think I know of any of the incontinence underwear companies that allow returns. And two, since my company is mostly me, I don't have the bandwidth to deal with managing the back and forth. So normally what what I do is if it's, you know, if it's off by a size, I just send the correct size. So, you know, if you try a small and you really should be a medium. So if you put it on and you don't like it, you, you need one size bigger, then we'll just send yeah. one size bigger. So you just no replace extra. it instead of return. Just replace it. Exactly. Exactly. So you just have an extra pair. That's better. <laughs> I mean, I think that's nicer for people. Maybe not so nice for you, but definitely nicer for your customers. I figure maybe hopefully they'll give it to somebody else who can try it. And I think it's hard because you're mostly, you're all online, correct? So, so yeah, women exactly. can't try it on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that too is more common with incontinence underwear. I don't think any of it's available in stores. As- I think it's in the it's coming in the future. Yeah, which will be good, right? Because it'll increase yeah. conversation. Yeah, and, no, you know, just normalize so. things a little bit. Yeah, and I think from a physician standpoint, if you if you can just you know those people who really just just need a light pad, you know that they don't really need anything. If that just takes that those that population and makes them not have to undergo the risk and cost of incontinence treatment. I think that that would do justice to a lot of women. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the incontinence underwear feels better to a lot of women rather than right. Mm -hmm. It feels a lot more normal. It's easier. It's more discreet in a lot of ways. Yeah. I feel like I have this conversation a lot with women who work in this space, right? We're all trying to put ourselves out of business and (laughs) help women handle these issues on their own. So they don't have to come see us. So many women out there, you just can't get to all of them, right? That's true too. And so, and I think it's going to be a perpetual problem. And I think as the population ages, it's going to, going to be, so I feel like this this underwear also won't hold everything. It's not going to replace if you if you need a depends, it won't replace that kind of leakage. And so that allows for time to take care of those women that really need more than just incontinence underwear. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree with you. Well, I just want to thank you for your time and everything you've done and your enthusiasm in this area (laughs) and, you know, for working to solve a problem that affects so many women. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want more information about me or my online work, check out my website at www.thewomensbladderdoctor.com.